Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a lovely guest. Her name is Devin Grindrod, and she is from the USA. Whereabouts in the USA are you, Devin? Hi, Lynn. I live in Austin, Texas. Fabulous. So um, all the way way across the pond from the UK then? Yes. And Devin, you are a Reiki master and evidential psychic medium. I've not heard the word evidential in front of the phrase psychic medium before. So what does specifically that mean? Well, evidential psychic medium is a little bit of a differentiation. And that title actually comes from the UK. So all of my mediumship and psychic teachers are either living in the UK or have heavily studied there. And it means that rather if we were having a mediumship session, rather than saying, oh, I have your grandmother here and then giving you a message, I would describe your grandmother's personality as I'm feeling her presence and maybe some memories or nicknames or things like that, that you two had inside jokes, things like that. So you could place the evidence and that it would be irrefutable to you that your grandmother was here. And it's just another layer of um, making sure that there is that, you know, I'm not fake or anything like that. It just, yeah. Letting you know that this is real and it's happening. And so you can feel that it's real and happening. Excellent. I love that. You know, um, I was been very intrigued by, um, you know, people that are gifted with the talent of uh, mediumship, but you do get a lot of charlatans out there, I suppose, that, uh, you know, do take advantage of people and, and give the industry a bad name, don't they? Yeah. And I think that's with any job. There are people who are great at their job and there are people who are not so great in practicing on, on, with ethics that aren't as high as they should be. Yeah, absolutely. So in today's um, episode, we were talking a little bit off air around how important it is to sort of get yourself prepared and ready for a new relationship. And as part of that, you know, there is usually that we're usually <laughs> totally unaware of healing that's involved yeah. um, in terms of using this time that you're single to actually focus on self, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think that's so, really important. Yeah, so I think what we thought would be a great topic to discuss today would be how to fall in love with yourself and um, how to heal yourself before getting into a relationship. Because quite often the reason we attract either unhealthy or unfulfilling relationships is because we've not done any work on ourselves and we're probably not even realizing that we need to do work on ourselves even. Yeah, I agree. And that's what I hear, you know, my experience with the dating world that it was so true that I see people who are so afraid to be the first one to put out emotion that it's almost, you have to practice being the most aloof before you can get into a relationship. And that's just so counterproductive to what a relationship actually is. Yeah, totally agree with that. So 
What would your advice be then, you know, if you've got a client coming to you and they're keen to sort of seek a relationship, but um, they're not actually aware that they probably need to do some work? You know, what, what sort of steps do you take them through, Devin? Well, I would recommend that they work on themselves first. So making sure that they are really good at communication that they can articulate the needs that they have within themselves and that they love themselves unconditionally before getting into a relationship. Because if you have that strong sense of love and know exactly what you are worth and what you deserve in a relationship, it will make kind of weeding out the bad seeds or the seeds that aren't meant for you a little bit easier. And I think this is a a key thing that, again, people aren't really aware of that they have within themselves that um, they they don't actually recognize that they're not loving themselves or if they do recognize that they're not loving themselves they're not recognizing that it's impacting their relationships that they're attracting yeah exactly because if you love yourself and you know what you're worth you're not going to put up with somebody's bs that doesn't deserve that second third fourth fifth sixth chance And I think especially as women, we're told not to trust our intuition. So we meet somebody and they're over there waving that red flag. And we've been taught our whole lives, oh, they probably didn't mean that. Oh, I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation as to why this is happening. And yeah, people do deserve second, maybe third chances, but it depends what mistakes were made to give those chances. Um, And really making sure that you're not minimizing yourself you're not making yourself the martyr for somebody else's bad behavior exactly I think it's so easy isn't it to think well you know I'm all about forgiveness but though it's, it's about you know um not accepting an, an acceptable behavior and actually having boundaries in place isn't it exactly and you know you can forgive somebody but also recognize that they don't have a space in your life and What I've noticed sometimes is that people get caught up in healing or they want to be that person who stayed with their significant other while they were going through all these terrible things. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, but if somebody is kind of putting you through the ringer and treating you poorly, or they're creating a not safe environment for you in the relationship, you don't have to endure those things. You can step out of that relationship when you see those red flags, when your intuition is screaming for you to leave, you can listen to that inner voice and know that it's okay. You don't have to be the wounded healer and fix every bird with a broken wing. It's okay to step out and know that you deserve somebody who is going to love you with all of their heart, just like you're ready to do for them. Totally agree. Uh, I think it can sometimes, you know, when I'm speaking to the women that I work with, I think it can sometimes be quite hard to understand how to start loving yourself if you're not used to that or you you suddenly realise through having a conversation with a coach or a mentor or a medium that, um, you know what, um, you know, this is something I wasn't aware of and I need to deal with. So what practical steps or, or guidance do you normally give, Devin, to help people um you know, as, as steps to that love yourself process? Yeah, that's a good question. So asking yourself what you need in the moment, because if you can't articulate your needs to yourself, you can't articulate them to somebody else. And something I recommend practicing is having at least once a week where you ask, ask yourself, what do I need in this moment to feel 
happy, whole, and filled with love. And just get used to asking yourself that question and get more, even more used to having those needs met. And so learning how to discover what you need. And I mean, over this last year and a half, I think an issue that people are having more often than in the past is um, issues with their appearance. And so I know this is something, you know, we can get into diet culture and the media and all that stuff with this, but a lot of people have, are now working from home. And so pajamas are kind of their, their work uniform and they're not used to getting out, dressing nice, making themselves feel good about the way they feel in their outfits. And so as the world is opening up more, start taking yourself out on dates, you know, or go out with uh, your friends and just have like a pampering night or something where you go to kind of a fancier restaurant and maybe treat yourself a little bit and get used to having those feelings of being so taken cared for and cherished and just having your needs met and feeling great about yourself. So whether that's, you know, maybe you put on an outfit that makes you feel good just to sit at at home and work from your computer or put on makeup, things like that. Start doing things that make yourself feel good about the way that you look. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it can be the little simple things and and sometimes it doesn't involve any sort of financial expense, you know, sometimes just, um, you know, assigning yourself two or three things a day that uh, you know that are going to make you feel happy such, such as even in you know actually physically making a mental note to enjoy bubble bath you know not just jumping in the bath or the shower but literally you know um salivating at the thought of having a bubble bath and and you know actually feeling the texture of the suds and and enjoying that yeah definitely and I'm a big fan of having most of your self-care be either free or low cost because I, I don't think we should fully associate taking care of ourselves with significant financial expenses. But I do think every once in a while, we need to be treating ourselves because just an, another reminder that we are worth it. And it's more about the energy that we put into the energy that we put into those financial experiences, because finances Money is just an energetic exchange and it's kind of the the global energetic exchange that we've decided here. And so when we do spend that little bit of extra money on ourselves, whatever that looks like for us, every once in a while, it makes it feel that much extra special. But I do agree that most of the time it should be low cost or things that can, you can do on hand at almost any time, because those are the real coping skills that are going to get us through the day almost every time. We can't always be like, okay, I'm not okay with this moment. I need to go and get a 90 minute massage. Can you like, let's put a pause on this conversation. We have to have (laughs) coping skills already at home that we can get in any moment or in our environment. And what would you say to somebody that, you know, says, oh, you know, when I look in the mirror, I don't like what I see, you know, I don't see myself as lovable or attractive. I would say start making a list of things that you like about yourself. And this is something that I do with a lot of my clients. And when I teach yoga classes is I'll have them think about three things that they love about themselves, three things that make them an amazing person, three things that they contribute to the world and start thinking about just that tiny, small list. And if you can't really think about if you're really low in those moments 
and you can't find anything, just look at yourself and find something that is okay. And just start from there. Because sometimes, you know, you say those words, like three things that you love about yourself. And people are like, I don't love anything. Okay. Mm. Well, what do you think is just okay about you? And when you start getting used to having those just okay lists, you can change that word to things I like about myself, things I love about myself, things that make me an amazing human being and start challenging yourself to get comfortable with those bigger words. Yeah, uh, I agree. I do a similar technique with um, the ladies that I work with, uh, you know, around um, listing their most positive traits and characteristics, things they're good at, you know, because they, they don't actually often realize, you know, until they start doing it as an actual exercise you know what actually there are loads of things that I like about myself there's loads of things that I'm good at and and they haven't really took the time to actually appreciate it about themselves exactly and even the most horrendous of people nobody is all bad so the average person is going to be a very decent human being like at, at the minimum in my opinion I I believe humans are inherently good and it's just about recognizing those qualities within ourselves that we appreciate and knowing that you are truly worthy and deserving of love just as you are, because every single human is worthy and deserving of love for being exactly who they are. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if we all had that mindset? <laughs> yeah. And then it wrapped up in a lot of stories that we've either been told to us from other people who didn't feel good about themselves or that, that thief of joy comparison where we compare ourselves to other people and think, oh, that person has a better body than I do. I like their hair color better. Their lips look nicer than mine or whatever it is. We get into that comparison game and you can play that game all day long because yeah, there are people who look more like the way that we want to look. And there are people who you know, there's people on every spectrum in our own personal belief and beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder and start learning to recognize those qualities. And other people say, wow, that woman is beautiful, or that man just has a really glowing smile and know that you're separate from that because just because somebody has a glowing smile doesn't mean that you can also, that you can't have a glowing smile. Everybody in the world can have a glowing smile and it doesn't take away from any one of anybody else. Yeah, and I often sort of uh, remind people that, you know, the celebrities that we probably see in the press or on the TV, um, you know, uh, that, that may or may not have been airbrushed, <laughs> um, aren't necessarily having great relationships, you know, that, that that's the reason they are in gossip magazines quite a lot of the time. So just because you admire them, because you think they're more physically attractive or that you'd like to be more like them in order to feel that you're... Um, going to be somebody that's attractive to the opposite sex uh, it, it isn't necessarily the case is it right and the outside and the inside are two different things the outside might be the what starts the relationship but the inside is what's going to keep that relationship sustained and the celebrities in the gossip magazine no hate to this but you know they have a lot of help with what they with the way that they look you know they like you said, are airbrushed in pictures. They have medical spas that they frequent. There's plastic surgery. They have people doing their hair and makeup. They have people telling them what to wear so their outfits always look put together. 
And if that's your lifestyle, go fight one. I'm not here to hate on it. But for the average person, that's not going to be something that they experience. And so we have to make our own outfits, which if you're like me, maybe don't always match, but that's okay. <laughs> and nobody's, yeah, nobody's over here doing my hair and my makeup. And I don't have a personal trainer coming to my house, however many times a week. So yeah, our lifestyles are different and my life isn't any less than their life. Life isn't any less than mine. It's just, they're different and they have a lot more help in their physical appearance. But like you said, their relationships tend not to be so great. And there's always people making up and breaking up. There's a lot of divorce in Hollywood. and I would trade that lifestyle in a heartbeat to have the relationship that I have with my husband, this trusting, stable, safe relationship that I know is going to be there. He is my rock. And there's nothing I would trade in the world for that. Such great words of wisdom there. Absolutely. So, you know, attractiveness isn't necessarily just about your physical appearance. And um, like we've just discussed, it often is, in terms of longevity around what is it about you internally that's attractive rather than externally, isn't it? Yeah. And if you look at somebody, usually the people who are the most confident and secure in themselves are the most beautiful inherently. It's that energy. It's not just our physical appearance. We've all seen that person that is aesthetically gorgeous, but there's just something energetically off with them. And there's no hate. We all have healing that we need to do. And, you know, when we see that person, just send them love and wish them well. Uh, But when you are confident, when you believe that you have worth and you know what that worth is and you stand up for it, that is going to attract more people to you than any makeup product would. Absolutely. It's all exactly what I teach. It's all about your energy that you're exuding nothing to do with your your physical experience, your talent or your material possessions. Yeah. And that energy is going to attract the right person, the right type of people rather than kind of the fly, fly through the night people, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with those people either. (laughs) No, we we learn lessons from every relationship, whether they, you know, for a reason, a season or a lifetime, don't we? Yes, exactly. So Devin, um, talking about um, what it takes to sort of heal our past hurts, traumas and wounds that we might have experienced of the past that, that's having a negative impact on our relationships. How do we uncover, you know, what it is that might begin in the way in relation to our past hurts? Yeah, well, that's kind of my wheelhouse. I like to help people to heal from trauma on an energetic and spiritual level And what I do is I help people to really get to the root of, of the hurt. So with Reiki and the other energy healing practices that I utilize, it gets to that cellular, cellular level and that quantum level. So you're changing your, um, your perception of the world, your perception of the self, and you can actually create a new timeline in the quantum field to set you out in a different way. And when you heal on that deep of a level, it changes your trajectory in life because you have, you're no longer that same person to go on that same energetic path that you were on. You've shifted your perception of yourself. You've shifted who you are as a human 
And now you are on a different path, a path that you've chosen and a path that is empowered and a path that is made from healing. I love that description. So for those listeners that don't understand or don't know what Reiki is, could you give them an insight around what Reiki is, please, Devin? Yeah, Reiki is a Japanese energy healing technique specifically used for stress reduction and relaxation. And the practitioner or Reiki master in my case, who is attuned to the energy and anyone can become a Reiki master. They just have to have an attunement to it. And the Reiki master will channel the energy. And this is the energy of unconditional love from um, which every single sentient being. So every single being with a soul is created. And that energy is then sent out to the recipient of the session. So if you're receiving the session, you are enveloped in this energy of unconditional love. And when you're, when you have that type of powerful energy around you, you you have no choice. Like there's, there's no other option, but to heal, but to feel so completely whole in that moment, because this is the highest form of energy. The highest frequency of energy in the universe is unconditional love. And when you are wrapped in that safety of it, that's the only outcome that can happen because healing can't start healing can't finish until there is love and compassion that we have for ourselves. And so when you have a Reiki session, it's not just that hour that you have it, the effects of it can last for up to five days. And so you have this little energetic cocoon for about five days with your Reiki session. And it's, it's so beautiful and it's so completely life-changing. What actually led you to to delve into Reiki yourself initially? Well, to be completely honest, the first time I heard about it, I thought it was fake. I was like, there is no way this quote unquote energy healing can be real. And a couple of days after I found out about it, one of my yoga instructors offered to gift me a session. And I figured, well, if it's free, I've spent an hour of my life doing worse things. And I, yeah, I'm very skeptical by nature and I had the session and it was so profound in the session. I saw my past life. I had one of my uh, spirit guides come into the session and I just felt so, so much love and so much gratitude for myself, my life experiences. And then after the session, my Reiki master had gotten some intuitive downloads, which is essentially just psychic information. And she was sharing that with me. And this was something that there's no way she would have known about it. And it wasn't terribly personal information. It was just something that was never online, something I had never shared with her. And so I just felt like that was the universe showing me like irrefutably, this is real. And oftentimes the universe will do that when they need us to go on a path, but they Mm -hmm. need us to have these massive signs because I'm a little stubborn. So I need very big signs. (laughs) And I knew that by the, by the end of the session, as soon as I was walking out of that woman's apartment, I was like, I am going to be a Reiki practitioner. I need this in my life every single day. And so that's my origin story with Reiki. Okay, so was it a question of, um, I mean, is it something you can practice on yourself or do you need, do you need to go to a Reiki master to get your fix of it? Yeah, anybody who's been attuned can practice on themselves, but it's just that attunement that you receive from a Reiki master that allows you to access the 
Reiki energy. Right, but interesting. anybody, yeah, we can have 7.4 billion um, Reiki practitioners on the planet, but you just have to have that attunement. Wow. Well, it's certainly something I've heard a lot about, but never actually experienced, you know, firsthand. So that was, that was my reason for asking the question. <laughs> I appreciate that because it's still, Reiki is one of the more popular energy healing techniques, but there's still a lot of people who don't really understand it or just kind of talked about like, you should already know what it is. Yeah. Uh, and I know that probably that uh, there'd be quite a large proportion of the audience that might not have heard of it or if they have heard of it, didn't understand what it was all about. So uh, another reason for getting you to elaborate a bit around what it is. Of course. So for clients that want to heal any past hurts and traumas, then how, how does Reiki impact them in terms of um, how it changes their perception, their energy? What, what actually goes on during a session? Yeah, well, it's, it's that energy of unconditional love that helps that starts to facilitate the healing. So as a Reiki practitioner, it's not my job to facilitate the healing. It's my job to create an environment where the client feels safe enough to start their healing journey or to continue on their healing journey. And it's that energy of unconditional love that helps to change their cellular structure and really start to do the healing work that they need. It's kind of like being wrapped in a warm blanket and being gently guided onto your healing path. And one thing I really like about Reiki and other forms of energy healing is that the client doesn't ever have to talk about the trauma that they're healing from or the hurt that they've been through if they don't want to, this isn't a talk therapy session. I'm not a therapist and I'm not qualified to hold those types of sessions. But what, what I hear often is that people either aren't ready to go to a therapist, they've had trauma in the field of therapy, or it just doesn't align with them and they want to do something different. And these energetic practices, as I mentioned, heal on the cellular and quantum level and so you're doing the healing work on a level that's greater than your physical. And so when you're healing in that more etheric mode, it kind of melts down to the physical and mental and it, it helps with, with all of the levels of self. And I believe that there are four, we have the physical, mental, spiritual, and energetic levels of the self and the spiritual and energetic are, are so powerful that when you're doing the healing work with those, it will transform you on the other two. Very, very, very interesting. Uh, I must uh, actually um, engage in having a, a, a breaky session just to experience that unconditional love. It sounds fa fascinating and a fabulous um, state to be enveloped in. Yeah, well... If you ever want a session, I would love to have one for you. And Reiki doesn't have to be only done in person because energy transcends time and space as we know it as humans. And so you can facilitate sessions all across the world. It doesn't have to be somebody right in front of you, which is so amazing. So that works well then, considering our current situation <laughs> with the COVID <laughs> restrictions. Yeah, definitely. And especially in this last year and a half, it's uh, Reiki is something that people are able to experience while they feel safe in their environment. You don't have to go somewhere and worry about what's going on or 
you know, in some, in some countries or places you can't leave your house. And I mean, we're in Texas here, we're a little bit more free and a little bit more open than, than other places. So that's good to know. So for those audience members that would like to get in touch with you, Devin, what, what's your best contact information? Yeah, so I am on Instagram and TikTok primarily, and my screen or my handle is spiritually balanced. Well, that's a nice, easy one to remember, <laughs> spiritually balanced. And any yeah, final, sorry, any final words of advice that you'd like to share with the audience before we close the episode? Yeah, just to trust your instincts. And if you see those red flags start popping up, know that you don't have to give them 77 chances before you leave you see the red flags, you can confront them or you can just leave. It's, it's okay to know your worth. Yeah. And I, I, I do feel that's worth reinforcing, you know, to know your value and know your worth and trust that by doing that, that's the energy you'll start to exude and then attract people that treat you accordingly. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Devin, for sharing your personal experiences and um, insights around what you do and, uh, you know, what works with your clients. I really found it a fascinating conversation today. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Lynn. I'm really glad that we got to connect. So it just leaves me to say true love starts with opening our hearts. Until next time, listeners, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.